live from the old National Bank State Street studio. Across from the historic Chicago Theater, you are listening to Black and Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. This is WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. to have revenge on Abdallah for yeah. you. Yeah. Alright. Well, well, so my my now roommate once plotted his name's Nate. Nate's revenge. Yeah? He was strand. He was at Country Thunder after our senior year. Oh no. And so he was with a group of like probably eight people and one guy had like these water park passes. So like the water park, like when you're at Country Thunder for a long time you gotta like get out of the the campsite right of course. like those things yeah. are disgusting so this was a chance to go shower and and go like down some water slide whatever right just go to a pool for a little bit he had five passes there were eight people <laughs> and since then he has subconsciously gotten revenge on all five of those people and every really? time we pointed out every time something happens we point out Nate's revenge does he have a, a list no, it's just, it's it's all it subconscious. He just somehow gets revenge on all of these people, <laughs> Who and it's Nate's, him? Nate's revenge. Was the water park cool? I don't know. Was, I wasn't. Oh, you didn't go. I, I wasn't there. There's yeah. no Tyler revenge. No, I wasn't at the the Country Thunder. Oh, yeah. You, I was. Well, not you didn't a, even get that invite. Well, I I, I didn't want to go. Yeah, it seemed. I mean, Country Thunder is awesome. The lineup yeah. this year is going to be great. John Party's there. I, I know John Party's yeah. going to be there. He's one of my favorites. I know Kendra loves John Party too. I, he is my absolute favorite. I, I listen to John Party a lot. Yeah, a lot. You you turned me on to John Party because you had him in your uh, your yeah, Spotify wrapped, wrapped one yes, year. Yeah, I did. And like we made fun of you at the time, but then I started listening. I was like, you know, he's pretty good. B- Black knew what he was talking yeah, about. He's pretty good. Black Listen, knew I get what it. he was talking it's about. It's not for everyone, but uh if you if the like rocky pop country mm-hmm. cuz it's not like old country right. as it used to be, but yeah, it's pretty good. Black and Aki here on ESPN 1000. Adam Abdallah has the night off. It's a Friday night. All calls welcome at 312-332-3776. It's presented by the Chicago Hounds, Chicago's new professional rugby team. And uh, Tyler, the Bulls are hosting the Suns tonight at the UC. It's a big game for the Chicago Bulls. Phoenix comes in. uh, They have Kevin Durant. The first game he played with the Suns, he had 26 points. He looked good. He looked smooth. He looked like... One of the best players in the NBA, if not the best player in the NBA. He got to his spots. He was able to rise and fire, hit the jump shots. Uh, it, it looked like there was no issue, injury uh, issues with Kevin Durant at all. So now you mix him in with Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and the Suns are a powerhouse in the Western Conference, and the Western Conference is stacked at the top. Tonight, Denver and Memphis face off against each other. John Morant's going to play in that contest. That'll be a good one to see. Uh, Sacramento is basically the surprise team in the Western Conference. Young group. They're playing really good basketball. And Phoenix is fourth in the conference at 34-29, and 29, facing off against the Chicago Bulls tonight. Bulls are 29-34 coming off the win against Detroit, but they have some infighting. And maybe it's not necessarily fighting, but there are sources saying that Vooch is not happy with the way that Pat Bev is kind of come in and kind of taking charge of the team, an outsider coming in, taking charge. This was from the Joe Cowley article from the other day in the Sun-Times. 
And I think it just points to a larger issue. You you have uh, called out Billy Donovan and his coaching. I also would say it's interesting that people from the outside who are joining this group, this core group of Zach, Vooch, DeMar, and uh, the injured Lonzo Ball, they're, they're pointing out that this group does not have what it takes to get to the next level. And I, I think that's the thing to take from the Cowley article is that, like, once again, someone from the outside joins and they're like – trying to call out like how this should be done, how you could win. Well-respected vet. It's not happening, you know? Yeah. I think the other thing, too, that I look at in terms of the roster construction. Remember when AK met the media after the trade deadline? Yeah. And he said, we're confident we can get an extension done with Vooch? Yes. You're talking about a guy <laughs> he did say that. who's yeah. uncomfortable with people who are accomplished within the league and thrive at something that you do not thrive at, telling you how you can get better, coaching you up, and it's not the coach, by the way, coaching you up and holding you accountable. That's who you want to extend. That's who you want to make a part of your culture moving forward. That's what you want to allow to be acceptable in your building, night in and night out. You know, we, we heard the stats yesterday from Sylvie talking about Zach's the losingest player. Vooch was the fifth losingest player. I know. And when that happens, it's because there's no accountability in that building, it feels like. And this is just the latest example of it all. Yeah, you're right. And and we touched on it uh, when we were filling in uh, in the 5 o'clock hour here on ESPN 1000 in for Waddle and Sylvie. We touched on it, but I, I think there is an idea that, you know, when when you don't have the team that can get it done, you look around the league and you say, well, that guy's kind of like a, he's almost a star. And no, there, there's a guy over there and... If he's in the right situation, maybe we could get more out of him. And you kind of look around the league, and sometimes there's no great answers available, right? So you start to talk yourself into players in losing situations who are putting up big numbers. You try and figure out whether or not they can really do it at the next level. And I think what the Bulls have here is a situation where you have basically – Removing DeMar DeRozan and Alex Caruso and Pat Bev from the mix, you have a collection of core players who are all-stars, but they were all in losing situations. Mm -hmm. And then you piece them together and you ask, well, why why aren't we winning at the highest level? It's like, well, you know, maybe they had something to do with those losing situations and their other stops, Zach Levine and uh, Nikola Vucevic as well. And, And I would say... I'm watching uh, Portland the other night, and I thought along the same lines. Remember all the talk two years ago at the trade deadline with Jeremy Grant? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, player for Detroit putting up huge numbers. Detroit wasn't winning. This guy's the piece that could add to a title team, right? Can they get them to the next level? Jeremy Grant in Portland is a good player still. But he's just like another guy. Yeah. Like, has Jeremy Grant really taken – have the Portland Trailblazers changed at all? When, when Jeremy Grant was added and Pretty when he's there? The same record as the Bulls right now. And, and they're almost the exact same team. And, and I think that's where we do this. And we, we look at spots and we look at players who are unhappy and guys in losing situations. And sometimes you have to say, you know, probably the reason that Vooch was in a losing situation in Orlando is his game. Yeah. Probably because Zach, why he was in a losing situation with the Timberwolves why they wanted to make that trade and blow things up and go after a guy who wins like Jimmy Butler? Probably because Zach doesn't quite have 
what it takes to win at the highest level. And that's why, you know, I was listening to you guys on Wandel and Sylvie talk about it, the, the stats and info stats about how Zach is the losingest player in the NBA of guys who played 500 games doesn't surprise me one one bit. His no. teams don't win. And that's been the the biggest knock on him is that his teams don't excel at the, the highest level. And I, I think the whole conversation points back to an idea that I think that's the flawed thought is that when you go and collect a bunch of guys from losing situations and say, well, now we have all-star, all-star, pretty good player. We piece them together. The reason that they were in losing situations is because of those players. And maybe they were all-stars because now Zach's all-stars took place here. But with Vooch, maybe his all-star was happening because he was the only option. And his stats were inflated because the magic were so bad. And listen, the, the era of the NBA that we live in, Right now, where scoring is at an all-time high, someone's got to get those points, right? Like, I, I we live in an era now where when someone scores oh, yeah. thirty, it is not impressive anymore. Like, I the other day I was looking and I saw Dame's stat line at halftime. And he had forty-one and nineteen, and it was like the yeah. first time in a while with an NBA stat line where I'm like, that's pretty impressive. But because of the way that we see scoring and the pace of the of the the game these days, where they get up and down the floor. It feels like the the old Phoenix Suns, like the eight seconds or less offense right there. Yeah. They're getting up and down the floor. And it's like these guys who can get 30 for you these days, it's not impressive anymore. You know, Shay Norling, when, when he was producing for you guys the other day, he, he had one of my favorite lines. He's like, if you cannot get 20 points in this league for me, get out. <laughs> and he's right. Like everyone, if you're a star in this league, scoring oh, no. 20 is not impressive. Pat Will, get out. Get out. Dead star Don't walking. Have time. Dead star walking. Uh, before we uh, move on, uh, you and Shay will give us some basketball information this weekend. How That's about that? Correct. Basketball U returns to the ESPN 1000 airwaves this Sunday, oh, talking right. all things college basketball from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. here on ESPN 1000. He's he's riled up by his Michigan State Spartans now. He he's got about eight or nine guys on that roster that he needs to get out and, and coach included too. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk a lot of college basketball with you because conference championships are underway. The Power Conference championships start next week, and uh, including the Big Ten tournament, which is taking place at the United Center next week. So basketball, you will continue throughout March. Until the Final Four. Correct. And so you and Shay will give us college basketball conversation Sundays 11 to 1 throughout the rest of the college basketball season. Can't wait to listen to that. And uh, it'll be awesome. You guys will do a great job on Sunday. So check it out because uh, this is when college basketball kicks into high, high gear. Yeah. You, you see the buzzer beaters throughout the week, you see the tournaments, and then next weekend will be all the big conference tournaments as well. You know, as we're, uh, we're talking basketball, and you, you mentioned Dame scoring 30. You know what's funny is, um, let's see, what was the 27th? 27th was Monday, right? So on Monday, Correct. I had this topic prepared. I didn't get to it. Mm-hmm. It was coming off of Lillard over the weekend scoring 71. 71. Okay, so Lillard scores 71. Uh, did you know this in the NBA right now in the NBA, there are six players averaging 30 points per game or more six okay. players yeah. in the league right now. Those players are Luca Embiid, Lillard, uh, Giannis, Shea Gilgis, Alexander and Jason Tatum. Those six players are all averaging 30 or more points per game 
in the NBA at the moment. LeBron also, by the way, is sitting at 29.5 points per game. If he doesn't play again this year, he'll be under 30. If he does play, because I think the Lakers are saying that it could be about nine games left. Mm -hmm. So LeBron has an opportunity to join the group. He's only a, a half point away. So it could be seven at the end of the year. I've got a stat here for you on that. You mentioned scoring going up and how crazy it is. Six players at the moment with over 30 points per game uh, Mm -hmm. right now in the league. How that compares for the history of the league, I'll tell you about that coming up next. Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. ESPN 1000, all calls welcome Friday night calls. It's brought to you by the Chicago Hounds, Chicago's new professional rugby team. Tyler Aki filling in for Abdallah tonight here on the show. And Tyler, we're talking about uh, scoring in the NBA, how it's it's up, how right now there are six players averaging 30 points per game or more in the NBA. Uh, Those players are Luka Doncic, uh, you're looking at Joel Embiid, Damian Lillard, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and Jason Tatum. Those six players are all averaging over 30 per night. Now, LeBron's a half point away. Whether or not LeBron plays again this season, we'll find out. He had, the Lakers are saying it'll be about nine games if he's back in time. So maybe he'll join that club, and then it would be seven. So the last time this took place, uh, in 2020, there were three guys that averaged over 30 for the entire season. It was James Harden. Bradley Beal, Damian Lillard. Uh, Harden had 34 per game. Beal and Lillard each had 30. So 2020, there were three. Uh, most years, when you look through the history of the NBA, there's like one. Right. One or two. Uh, in 2006 is the next time we go back to only three. That's Kobe, Iverson, LeBron. Kobe averaged 35. Iverson, uh, 33. LeBron, 31. Uh, at no point to 2006 is there more than two so the only time we get three is in 2020 and in 2006 uh if we go back through the years you have to go all the way back to 1982 to find three guys again who average at least 30 for the entire year and that was in 80 in 82 41 years ago george gervin moses malone adrian dantley uh, Gervin, 32, Malone, 31, Dantley, 30. 41 years ago, and that's only three players. Right. This year in the NBA, there is a chance for seven, but likely to be six players all averaging 30 a night. And like, even when you go back to like 87, Jordan, he averaged 37 for that year. You know, it, it was an incredible season for Michael Jordan. Nobody else in the league at that time had over 30. So like like right. people always want to crap on Jordan or mm-hmm. or they don't respect his scoring ability. You know, right now we have six players who are over 30 points a night. When Jordan averaged 37 a night, 
Nobody else in the league cracked 30. You see the difference yeah. there? And and so uh, it's happened three times in the last 41 years that we've had three players over 30 points per game in the NBA. Uh, this year, the NBA may have six. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how the, how the season ends up. But it kind of points to this idea that the scoring is way up in the league. And uh, the rules have gone that way. Three-point shooting has gone that way. And it it is at an all-time high for individuals to score the basketball. You know, the the most important part of that 37 that Jordan averaged in 87 is the fact that he did it in 82 games, right? <laughs> right. Like, he played every single game with it, whereas you look at the, the way that we look at the league now, there, there's so many guys that are sitting games out. So, yes, the, the scoring points per game is up, but these guys don't necessarily have to play every single game for that average to be there. Like, you bring up LeBron. He's missing time. Obviously, like, legitimate injury, not necessarily a load management situation here. Sure. Legitimate injury. Right. But he's given some time now. He's not chasing a total. He's chasing an average right. to get to 30 here. So when you've got guys that aren't playing in every single game and sitting game, like, everyone was, was all pissed off about Dame Lillard. You just had the whole all-star break, right? Yeah. First game back, First, you're sitting yeah. out rest. for rest, right? Yeah. And, and, it's, uh, and I had that uh, conversation prepared for Monday night because Lillard scored 71 over the weekend after resting right after mm-hmm. the all-star break. And I think that leads to a, to a separate conversation, Tyler, because I, I was uh, on the internet yesterday and I saw uh, rumblings of Paul George talking about load management. And, you know, like the, the poster team for load management would be the Los Angeles Clippers. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, are they ever available? They're never there together. If they could all be healthy or play basketball, maybe the Clippers would be good. Except for last night. If you watch last night, everyone was healthy. Everyone was there. And uh, the Warriors just lit them up in the second half. Warriors, they're back. It's third quarter Warriors. I think it's also the fact that Russell Westbrook is on the other team hoisting bricks Mm -hmm. uh, towards the rim. So I saw this yesterday, J.J. Reddick's podcast. It's the old man in the three. Uh, J.J. Reddick talking with Paul George, and Reddick kind of laid it out to George saying, hey, you guys, Clippers, you guys are the, the ones that everyone points to when they complain about the league today. You guys rest. It's what you're known for. The Clippers, load management. You guys are the guys. This is what Paul George had to say to J.J. Reddick. You know, when I came to the league, like, and I, I went to a blue-collar team that, that worked extremely hard. That was like the norm, like practicing hard, um, you know, the two-a-days on training camp. Like that was just like that was the norm to me, and I enjoyed it, and I loved it because it helped prepare me mentally. It helped prepare me physically. Like it, it prepared my body for what what was to come in a long season, and I think – now they're like teams don't really practice. You know, we're not getting up and down. Um, you know, there's 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 just it's a lost art when it comes to that hard practicing. And I think that's why there's so many injuries that's going on because guys that have a, a high load day and then a completely off day and then a high load day. You know, back then it was you practice hard, you got a game. You practice hard. You practice hard, you got a game. Then you might have a day off. Then you come right back to it. So I feel like your body just built a callus and that you were prepared for a long and rough season. 
to where injuries like, you know, it, there wasn't that many injuries. There wasn't time to take a load off because you like you felt good to play. You know what I mean? And I think now it's just it's 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 tough. It's tough because it's it's almost the, the reverse. They think by giving us time off, it's helped managing our bodies. But in honesty, I think it's just making us weaker as players uh, without without putting that load and strain to our bodies. So that's Paul George on J.J. Reddick's podcast yesterday when asked about load management and the Clippers and that he and Kawhi are the guys that everyone points to when stars don't play in the NBA. Huge problem that people kind of point to and say that, that that's why they don't like watching the NBA because guys take time off. Paul George himself just said exactly what all people who watch basketball have been thinking. He just said it, that the lack of working hard has led to more injuries because all they're doing is resting and managing and waiting and hoping that people don't get hurt. That's like when when load management first started, the first thing I thought of was, you know, like I'm an amateur athlete. I played high school sports. I've run some marathons. But like to me, the more hard work I put into my body – the better I feel and the, the better I can do things. Like Compounds I, on itself. Yeah, like I never felt like to get better at doing something, doing less was the option. And Paul George just said exactly what we've all been thinking. Like the load management doesn't really necessarily prevent anything. It's putting recovery above the actual training. And listen, I, I'm not some sort of sports scientist here. I, I don't know the, the kinetics of it all, but... It makes sense that the the more you train, the more frequently you train, the more your body is going to be able to sustain what's going on and and everything that you're going through and making sure that you can play an 82-game season, right? Like even if you just think about it from a running standpoint, the more likely you're going to get hurt is by stop, start, stop, start, right? It's that that break that you're – and the quick burst after – that's really going to be something where oh you're gonna you're gonna pull something in your hamstring you're gonna pull a quad there that's where the injuries happen and you know it's funny he brought up the when he came into the league with those Pacers teams right yeah like those were tough Pacers teams remember the Bulls playing against those teams in early rounds of the playoffs like the Bulls came out victorious but those were dog fights sure that they were in night in and night out they may have won those series in five or six games but. They played them like they were seven-game series, and, and they were tough. And that's why it's refreshing to see someone like Paul George come out and say something like that. And just to show how extreme it is, you know, one of my buddies, Noah Eagle, radio voice of the Clippers, yeah. I've been fortunate enough that when he calls Clipper games at the United Center, he brings me alongside to be a stats guy. And the United Center is one of two NBA arenas where the radio guys for the road teams sit courtside. Right. So we're right there, right on the the Clippers bench. Sure. Right? And I remember when Doc was there and then when Ty Lue is now there, you hear Ty Lue going to the medical guys and the managers behind saying, how many minutes is he at? How many minutes is that for PG? How many minutes is that for Kawhi? They're checking in. Like down to the second, because they need to know. Because these guys, by their, I don't know if, whether it's by their contracts or handshake agreements, it's built in that Paul George isn't playing more than X number of minutes a night. And you have to strategize for that. I remember one of the games that I worked, it was last year. The game went to overtime. 
And Paul George had to sit out overtime right? because he had used his entirety of his allotted minutes in the game so far. And for someone who was at the game and didn't really realize what was happening, you're looking up, you're checking the stats and being like, like, did Paul George fall out? Why why is he he on the bench? What's going on there? This is crunch time right here. But that's the way this whole thing is set up now. And it's a frustrating thing for the NBA fan. And I don't blame them for being frustrated by it either. Is Paul George not just doing the we're all trying to find the guy who did this thing? Like the Tim Robinson thing where he says, like, do you know what I mean? He's he's kind of talking out of both sides of his mouth because he is one of the guys who's resting all the time. But he's he's saying it's not his decision. He's saying that the Clippers and their medical staff is telling them that they have to load manage. But he's saying... He felt better. His body felt better and it's probably, when he was younger, when he had practice, when they had hard practice, and then they played in the games, and then they recovered when they had like a day off. Like That's a piece of the conversation I didn't include was that J.J. Redick went into how the league uh, over the last couple of years has eliminated four and five nights. Uh, right. the, the long yeah. extended back-to-backs with a day off and then another back-to-back, that type of thing as far as scheduling goes. And what they did mention is now the league has this set up where you almost you have a couple of back-to-backs, but you rarely have multiple sets of games in a few sh- in four days. or five days. So yeah. what happens is the teams don't practice in between. And therefore, you're only ramping up for games where back in the day you would have a set of like four and five nights. You would go through that. You'd have a day or two off, and then you get back to practice and focus in on the next game. So there was like um, it's almost like in a, a football schedule where each week you could dedicate like here's a rest and recovery like time Tuesday, and then yeah, and then now we're going full mm-hmm. full on game speed for the rest of the week, and you build up for that. And they were saying like. When they were when they were younger in the league, that was normal, and they felt better. They were also younger, but they felt better as like there were less injuries because guys were prepared. So uh, we'll continue talking about this. Paul George on the JJ Reddick podcast said this: "It's it's almost the the reverse. They think by giving us time off, it's helped managing our bodies, but in honesty, I think it's just making us weaker as players uh, without without putting that load and strain to our bodies." This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Black and Abdallah are back. This is Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. On FM 100.3 HD2, the ESPN Chicago app, and ESPN 1000. Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 on a Friday night. All calls welcome at 312-332-3776. Presented by the Chicago Hounds, Chicago's new professional rugby team. And Tyler, you have a busy weekend. Tomorrow, the golf show? Yes. What's golf on? show from 8 to 10 a.m. Uh, with the CDGA golf show. Looking forward to that. Mike Gilligan will be in with me tomorrow. Nice. Uh, we've got the... 
a bunch of stuff going on with the Arnold Palmer Invitational right now. Excellent. Your, your guy, Scotty Scheffler, is yeah. playing some fantastic golf. I know who he is now. You do. He, he's yeah. on your radar. Rock and rolling. I like yeah. uh, John Rahm much better. but yes. And Rahm's playing fantastic. He's of playing course. like some of the best golf of yeah. his life right now. He's like in a historic level right now. Yeah, number That's one in the world. Yes. Come on, John mm-hmm. Rahm. Let's go. Your guy. Of course. Uh, and then also, uh, let's see, what else? This is uh, week two for the golf show, mm-hmm. right? And then and then, uh, are you guys going to get into uh, any of the, the live golf stuff? Yeah. All the TV ratings are out from this past week. Are they good? No. Yeah, that's Awful. what I was going to say is like, what? what's the point? <laughs> like, like, honestly, like, uh, wh- I don't have any incentive to watch their whatever they're doing there. They got teams. Either. They got teams, they got their right? teams. They're having their little fun, but... And they, do they wear uniforms, little hats and they, logos they, and stuff? They've got the logos and stuff, but they're, they're not... Like, you can't really tell. Like who, who cares? It's, yeah. Well, well the, the other part, too, is like... There's there's a segment for tomorrow. Who there, cares? Who cares? Live, live, live tour. Who, who cares? cares? I like it. No, seriously, because last weekend, uh, there were... Last weekend was dueling events, right? Yes. Because mm-hmm. two weeks ago was the event that Rom won. Correct. And lived in start until yes. last weekend. Mm-hmm. So last weekend had two there dueling, were dueling golf events, events. But the the field for the PGA last weekend was a bunch of nobodies. It's still better. Yeah. Like that that's my point. And it's still is, outdrew. Right. TV wise. Live golf is here. Uh well welcome back. We're we're here. We're doing this rogue renegade golf mm-hmm. tour thing. We're on TV finally. No one cares. It's on the CW, right? Yeah. Okay, so so it's on TV finally. I just don't understand. I just don't get it. And all the teams like I don't I don't care. I if I wanna sit down and watch golf, I'm gonna watch the PGA tour. Yeah. It's a it's a purer product, and they know what they're doing a lot better. Well, I mean, the, there's also, you know, there's a better group of players, isn't yeah. it? Like, well, I mean, that was the whole thing. Like, Live Tour got names, right? But like Phil Mickelson washed up. Yeah, of course. Brooks Kepka, he was on the out and out. Oh, I'm a huge uh, Kepka fan I, too. I, I, listen, but, I am too. But I've but, t- I've been told that if you watch the first swing, uh, full, full swing, swing yeah. thing on Netflix that he's a total jerk or something. You Is can that true? see he's like cuz everything about Kepka has been he oozes confidence, right? right. Just alpha male. Right. You see some vulnerability out of him. Well, that's that's actually makes like, me it, like it's him. It's kind of like humanizing for him. It's, it is, right. is pretty cool, but you see him like lose his confidence. Okay. Well, he hasn't played well in a while. Right. Yeah. Um, let's see who and else. Bryson DeChambeau. Like Bryson's been injured, but he's just no one likes Bryson. The he's the villain, right? Yeah. Of course. Like, and then they got some villains. Patrick Reed, also villain, went to the the Live Tour. Uh, Cam Smith. Yeah, he he was hot. Last he won the year. Open Championship last year. And there was all the, the speculation surrounding, is he going to live? Is, is he not going to live? It was kind of the worst-kept secret yeah. as he was finishing up his rounds out at St. Andrews last year. And he made the leap. But, like, all right, he made the leap. But did anyone really know who Cam Smith was until he won the Open? No. Uh, yeah. He Didn't he finish, like, top he was, five a couple, well, he was a couple hot, of majors? But he like, was, like, he was yeah. young. Yes, he was young and a hot up-and-coming guy. But he's no one good, really he's knows. Good, he's a good yeah. putter, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Because, he um, caught a heater out there. Zalatoris is also a skinny, young yes. mm-hmm. uh, guy. But he his game, he's not good at putting, but he can drive but he's a it, long right? driver. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. I see. I, I'm, I pay attention. To, to golf sometimes. So my, here's my idea for All tomorrow. Right, 835. We'll 835, sign you up. Live tour. What's the point? What's the point? Black wants to know what's the point. And here? I've got because, an answer for you. Okay. All right. Well, besides money. 
Yeah, you, no, you I've got, got an answer, answer for you. Besides I've got an answer cash? for you. Mm-hmm. Okay, because uh, I'll take the PGA Tour each and every day over Live Golf. Lane. Yeah. Uh, all right, Tyler, I'll be listening tomorrow, and then also on Sunday, college basketball talk with Shay Norling. How about that? Looking forward to it. Basketball U, Sunday, 11 to 1 p.m., right here on ESPN 1000. So Tyler Aki will be in on Saturday and Sunday. The Sunday show, Basketball U, will go until the end of the Final Four. So the next couple of weekends, you'll get college basketball talk on Sundays with Tyler and Shea. You hear Shea on Cap and Jay Hood each weekday morning right here on ESPN 1000. He will have a segment on Sunday, Dead Teams Walking. Yes. And you guys will list off the teams that have no hope for the yes. tournament. We actually have something <laughs> like that planned. I'm sure he does. Frank in the Ukrainian Village, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Frank? Yeah, I want to get back to your conversation about the NBA and sure. load management. Um, in my opinion, it's not just the NBA, but like since the corporations have moved in and taken like all the suites, the highest season ticket price seats, there's like no consideration for the fan. And Adam Silver is like leading that charge. He said over the All Star break, he has no problem with load management, and that's killing the game. The thing is with Adam Silver, he the one good idea I'll give him the playing because it kept teams more competitive throughout the season. But this like idea of mid-season tournaments yeah. and uh, especially this, like not condemning players that make $30, $40 million a year show up every day for work, is like spitting in the little guy's face. Like the little guy literally can only afford to go to a game once a year with his family. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's insane. And the process... It's been done over decades. It's not just overnight. My question to you guys is, like, as guys who interact with the public and represent these teams on radio stations, not the Bulls specifically, but White Sox and Bears, mm-hmm. they have the same issue. All their suites are sold out to corporations who write it off as tax uh, deductions. When are you going to call these teams out, like, and I'm not saying football that much, but baseball, I, I can't believe the revenue that baseball has, and it's just corporate and media rights. Same with the NBA. NFL, there is a real passion. But I grew up in the Jordan era, um, born in 75, so I, I literally grew up with Jordan in my, like, 9, 10, 11 years, and then throughout. And it kept me connected. Now... I see the stars of the NBA just like, you know what? I'm going to take a week off, man. You know, whatever. It's just, um, I think they're going to kill the sport this way. And not knowing it, they're just playing to corporate interests. They're not playing to the the sport itself. And I would like to to know, do you guys have a remedy for this? Yeah, it's a fair question, Frank. I I will say... um... The one thought with how the corporations and they're they're not allowing the little guy to get to see a game. You, I don't think you can say that with baseball. No, I was ba- just going to say baseball is the one sport where you can still get reasonably priced tickets to a baseball game on a daily basis. Like it is you know, not like, a problem to get into Wrigley to get into Guaranteed yeah. Rate Field. Now, to to Frank's point, if you want the sweet life like Zach and Cody, mm-hmm. and, and you want to do that, you got to have cash or be a part of a company that has a box. Right. But if you want to go to a White Sox game, you know, like I'm looking at tickets for Orioles-White Sox on April 14th, 
610 start at Guarantee Rate Field, you can get tickets. I get that you're going to argue the weather's not nice and all this stuff, but you can go to a White Sox game without like totally spending a ton of money, right. which is outrageous. You know, a, a Bears game, there's only, you know, a handful, eight to nine home dates a year. Those are going to be more expensive. I would say even, you know, Bulls and Hawks games are pretty expensive for the average person. Mm-hmm. I get that. Uh, but I think baseball is the one sport that allows someone who may not have a ton of money to spend disposable income on sporting events. Mm-hmm. You can go. You can do it at a right. reasonable option. And, and part of it is just supply and demand, right? Yeah. The, the supply, there, there's oh, 81 there's of them tons, a year, right? right? And, and then you go in t- inside the stadium. There's forty to 45,000 seats at a lot of these ballparks. Yeah. So that that's yours. There's a bevy of seats a bevy a bevy of tickets that you can go out and get in that but the the corporatization of it all like sure is it a a problem yes but i also think that the way that the game is consumed on tv these days in all these sports is so good i don't necessarily feel like i'm missing out as much by not going to games and listen i love going to games but at the same time i do think the the viewing experience is still so good. You could argue, I could see an argument to be made that taking a kid to a ballpark mm-hmm. uh, or, a, you know, or the arena. United Center yeah. arena to see a game could spark their love and interest for it. Mm-hmm. So I could see the idea that, yes, once you're our age, when we're grown up and that we've been, we've done it, Yeah, watching on TV is awesome. I have yeah. no problem watching a big game on TV. Uh, instead of being in the arena or the ballpark. But I, I could see an argument that getting to the live event okay. as a casual fan to take a kid to get them into it, like that's a different vibe than just sitting on your couch. Yeah. You know, because you get the, the snacks, you get to mm-hmm. see the stuff that happens in between timeouts. You know, it, it's just a different vibe. Yeah. You know, and, and also like a, a summer night at a ballpark is. That's Americana. Right. You know, like like that that feels like summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could see that. But you're right. Like technology now has kind of changed. And I think when you look at what Paul George said on the J.J. Reddick podcast about load management. It's, it's almost the, the reverse. They think by giving us time off, it's helped managing our bodies. But in honesty, I think it's just making us weaker as players uh, without without putting that load and strain to our bodies. So that's a player who has been criticized as taking time off, saying the Clippers are the ones telling him he can't play in games, and then also referencing that when he was younger and allowed to play in all the games, he actually felt healthier as a basketball player. So it's interesting. I don't know if there's a remedy. I mean, the the easy answer would be less games. They'll never do that because that'll be less revenue. So you'd have to find an idea. My best guess would be, the NBA at some point, instead of starting their their season at the end of October, I would imagine at some point they'll start their season at the start of October or like the end of September, and they will just space out the games more. I don't think you can remove the dates, the amount of games. I think you could just space out the games more, and then hopefully teams would then play their guys more instead of resting them. In, in hopes to avoid injury. Well, the only the only remedy I see, and it's one that will never get passed through the players' union, is do what the NFL does. 
it had no guaranteed contracts. Oh yeah, that would never. Happen. It would never happen. Right, but and like that's the way to do it. So like on the player side, that would never happen. Just like the owners would never agree to never have eighty-two games right. because you're just losing dates of revenue. So, like, so the owners would never agree <laughs> yeah, to that, right? right. So like, uh, like that's what it is. And if the teams are the ones telling guys that they can't play, I mean, the Clippers situation. I mean, maybe maybe Paul George is throwing some shade at Kawhi. It's Kawhi and his yeah. people saying when he can't play. So, a uh, good question coming up next. You're listening to Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's Home for Sports. Blacking Abdallah on a Friday night. Tyler Aki filling in for Adam Abdallah. All calls welcome tonight presented by the Chicago Hounds. Chicago's new professional rugby team. Uh, shout out to Charlie Bevins and to Kendra Smith for producing tonight's show of Blacking Abdallah. We will be back on Monday night at 6 o'clock right here on ESPN 1000. And Tyler will be back tomorrow morning with the golf show. And he'll be back on Sunday morning with college basketball talk with Shay Norling. How Looking about that? Looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be a great weekend. With Mike Gilligan and then Sunday, all college hoops. Excellent. Uh, each week here on ESPN 1000, on Black and Abdallah. We wrap up the week with our favorite segment. It's Good Question. And uh, this is how we play. When a host on the station asks a question to a guest and the guest responds with good or great, great question, you get a point. We've been playing it for a few years, and right now, Tom Waddle is the leader here in 2023. He has 12 good questions. Sylvie has six in second place. And Pat Boyle is in uh, third with two. So we got Pat Boyle, good times, behind Waddle and Sylvie. Waddle in the lead for good question. Charlie, let's go to good question. You want me to let me finish talking? You ask me a question, I'm going to answer it. Don't interrupt me, okay? What's your record for consecutive questions asked? 38. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? How could you ask me a question like that? I'm on Burgundy? Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? Well, Tyler, uh, this week's edition of Good Question, there were no good questions. Cut the music. That's it. There it is. Segment over. No, no good questions this week. But I'll give you the leaderboard. So, Waddle's in the lead this uh, this season, 2023. He has 12. Sylvie has six. Pat Boyle has two. Cap has one. Connor McKnight has one. Yurko has one. Courtney Cronin has one. Dion Miller has one. Jeff Meller has one. And Chauncey has a good question. So there you go. Those are uh, those are who have good questions to this point in 2023. We had none this week. I know everyone's so disappointed, uh, but help us out. If you hear a good question throughout the week, tweet us, and we'll get it on the show. And, Tyler, you have some opportunities this weekend to get on the board. Come I on. do. What's going on? I don't know if we have any guests slated, though, so it's kind of tough to get well, a <laughs> good question when you don't have any guests. Well, but... exactly, and that's why uh, you did not hear Bleck and Abdallah. Yeah. 
Next, you know what we'll have to do? We'll have to pull some shenanigans like Cap and Jesse Rogers did a couple years ago. Mm. Just tell Fat Jack next fall yeah. when he joins us each and Slide every week. Us a few. Like, eh, come on. Just a little couple chippies, you know, yeah. like like we're underneath the basket. Just give it mm-hmm. to us right there with no one around us. Yeah, so. a little. <laughs> I'm open. Woo! Come on. Pass the ball. Down here. Woo! Yeah. Uh, so this weekend you have the college basketball show with Shay mm-hmm. on Sunday. It's the debut of Basketball U for this season. You guys will run it throughout March Madness. Uh, anything we should keep our eyes on for the college basketball viewing this weekend? So um, there's a couple of great games coming up on Saturday, including Kansas at Texas, Arizona Ooh. at UCLA. So those are a pair of top 10 games. And then we've got uh, Kentucky and Arkansas, Tennessee, Auburn, Iowa State, Baylor. And then on Sunday, it is a Big Ten marathon because there's six Big Ten games going on. And right now, if you look at the standings in the Big Ten, you like some people may be trying to buy tickets right now to the Big Ten tournament and figuring out when's my team going to play. Right. You've got no idea because right now there's a six-team log jam for second place. <laughs> That's the difference between the double buy and not getting the double buy. Right. So it's a blank show right now of who's going to come in second through seventh in the, the Big Ten at the Did moment. Did I hear uh, SVP say that Calipari in Kentucky is kind of figuring things out towards the end of the They're season They're ranked here? right now. Yep. All right. We we thought that they were going to be bad, that this was a problem for them. Yeah, They're they playing figured good it basketball. out a little bit. Tyler, thanks for hanging out tonight. Anytime. Appreciate it. Tyler Aki, you'll hear him on Saturday and Sunday mornings right here on ESPN 1000 this weekend. I'll be back on Monday. Carmen, North Riverside, say goodnight to the people. Good night, Chicago. Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. Eber flows.